Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom with Bob Olson, who will now introduce today's show and speaker. Welcome to Why I Am Still a Catholic with Dr. Rhonda Churvin. Are you a Catholic who is wavering about your faith? Are you a Catholic who has left off coming to church? Or are you a strong, practicing Catholic who knows people who are wavering or have left the sacraments? This is the program for you. Listen to the interviews with Catholics who benefit greatly from the church in spite of some of the reasons others are wavering or have left. And now here she is, Dr. Rhonda Churvin. Oh, hello, dear listeners. I'm so happy to be talking to you today because I have with me a guest, Gloria O'Connell. And I met Gloria at the parish near me and also at a charismatic prayer meeting. And Gloria was getting to know me and telling me her story, which is so wonderful, about her whole experience of the church and the sacraments and how, why she loves the church so much, in spite of many tragic experiences, so, especially deaths in her family. So, Gloria, would you first tell them a little bit about your family's Catholic background? Okay, I'm glad to be here to begin with. Uh, I will try my best to get uh, to uh, convey to you what this my life has been with with the church. I have been a Catholic, a practicing Catholic from the very beginning. Come from a very Catholic and very tight family, very uh, much into the church, and that was our every kind of life, you know, family and social life from the very beginning. I come from a large family of ten children, a couple of parents, that four parents all the way. They let us know who the boss was, and we followed through. And um, to, uh, along the way, uh, there was many things that could have swayed us away from the faith and things that happened in life. But uh, somehow, and by the grace of God, we all managed to hold on together and keep our faith and do what it is that needs to be done in order to to keep the glory of God in our life. So um, I am a 76-year-old woman, getting old, but don't feel old. Done. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, if I proceed, I'll just say that... Um, uh, my life in the church has been a very interesting one. Um, like I said, very much uh, into the faith of the Catholic Church. But there came a time after I uh, married and had children that I, uh, along the way, I had seven children, by the way. And I, uh, and like I said, I come from a family of ten children. And at some point in 2004, I lost my youngest brother, who uh, had died from the effects of the Agent Orange from the Vietnam War, and that happened in 2004. So, you know, uh, being so close to my youngest brother, uh, to me, it was 
catastrophe number one. And enough to wonder where's God, you know, in this, you know. Because um, you have all this faith that things will go right if you stay with God. And then something like this happens and you begin to wonder, and uh, which is, you know, uh, a sad situation. But then to follow through this, you know, we make do and we go on about our lives. But then, lo and behold, uh, just a few months, uh, three months later, or actually almost two months, one of my children was in a car accident. And uh, after a long period of hospitalization and uh, the uh, the effort that was made to, to, to put him back into the good health and bring him back to life, to live his life, uh, tra- you know, tragic, tragically, he passed away due to some, you know, um, I would say um, the uh, low, uh, very low, the nursing care that he got. And uh, so I lost my son, who was 25 years old. His name was John Paul. And, uh, of course, there's another bump in the road. And, you know, you struggle and you still say, where is God? And meanwhile, which is uh, a sad thing for me to admit, even to hear it said by myself, to myself, that... uh, you wonder and you say, you know, there must not be a God, you know, because you set your your life and your mind and your everything and your faith in Him, and then you have these things happen, and, you know, you can't help. I mean, of course, you need to be living the situation in order to really, really understand, because to the person that has not gone through things like this, you know, you say, well, come on, you know, it's not that hard to come back and, I mean, there's, everything's okay, but it's not okay. You know, you try to bring yourself back into the straight road and you just keep stumbling and falling. I, during this time, you know, when this was happening, my husband finds out, you know, that we let him know he was here in Corpus Christi and we were struggling with my son trying to make it through. He was just recently moved to Las Vegas for a job. And uh, he passed away. related the message to my husband down here. He had a heart attack. And he did not survive. So, so he had three deaths within a year? No. It was two, two and a half months. Well, now between the both of them, it was two weeks. No, I mean, first with your brother, and then your then your yes. son, and then your husband. Yes. All within uh, a year? Within a, a, a period of five and a half months, I lost three people in my life. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. Yes. Huge, huge. So, and you so, know, yeah, and, um, you know, uh, to begin with, you, you have a partner in life who is there to support you. Okay, he has a heart attack. He's not there for me, uh, you know, when my son is lost. And he's in the, laying in the hospital trying to survive this heart attack. It's not naked, you know. And uh, 
So it was tragic, and uh, of course I was in a very bad way. I did not want to talk to anybody, didn't want to see anybody, you know. And uh, I had to hold it together because my children were suffering, you know, my other children, and uh, they were very close to one another. So, you know, I had to try to to keep the family from falling apart. This is hard to talk about. Yes, yes, dear Gloria. So how many years ago was this? It happened in 2004, but it seems like it was just the other day. Yes, yes, yes. Now, you were telling me this the other day when I asked you to come on the program, and how did you get, what brought you through back to faith in Jesus? Because you have a very strong faith in God. I was coming to it, okay. Um, yes. All right. Through all this turmoil and all this going on, you know, I didn't want my children to lose their faith if I was going through a difficult time. I was, you know, like I said, I didn't want anybody around. My children were, of course, just us. And, uh, you know, uh, people would come and say, you know, we will feel sorry and this and that. And all I could think about was you don't know the beginning of this, you know, and they meant well and everything. But anyway, in the meantime, I am Sunday, come Sundays, I dress myself, I manage to go, to, I go to church, and I drive myself to a corner going to a church, and I would turn right around and come back home. I could not go to church. I could not pray. I had no words, you know, whatsoever. Nothing would come to me as far as praying or anything. It was like a numbness, you know. And uh, anyway... um. So through it all, we have Father Zer in the parish, Father Dennis Zer, and he is visiting me, and most of the time I'm shooing him away, and he sits on the porch, open the door, come on, no, go home, I would send him home. As a poor man, he would just sit there reading his bravery, you know, trying to stay there by me in case I try to change my mind and let him in. Well, off and on, you know, I'd give in and let him come in, you know, he talk to me and what have you, but... He would go in one ear and out the other, you know what I mean. And finally, through his persistence, like the good Lord, you know, uh, just kind of like softened my being in some way. And uh, through it all, you know, I keep thinking, I know he means right, and I know, you know, that I have to keep my faith, but how can I? They're really, where is God for the, doing all this, you know? And then... um this one day I'm sitting on the couch in front of the bay window at my home and I'm looking out the window and this is already, you know, September. And uh, the leaves are falling off the tree in front of my house. And they're just flying away past the window. And all of a sudden, it just kind of like rings a bell in my mind. And I'm saying to myself, well, look at those leaves, they're just flying away, there's no nothing to do anymore, they're, they're dead, they're gone, they're serving no purpose at all anymore, and they don't even know where they're going to fall. And then I realized, well, that's just like me. You know, what am I doing, you know? So I immediately, it was like God opened my mind to to what could be with me if I didn't, like, wake up to the situation, you know. And so I got up. So when I was sitting, the wind showered and dressed, 
went to church and sat in the pew for about three and a half hours. And it was the beginning of coming back after such a hard time. Yeah. But uh, this was two and a half years later, by the way. And okay. uh, that's the way that it happened. Yeah. And I have always been close to the kids, but that was for that time. It was like I was nowhere. Yeah. And of course, it seems like it brought that, it brought the better good because now, I mean, there's no way anything can sway me away from my faith and the closeness that I have with the church. So. That is so, so amazing. So, so you, know, you, were able to, you were able to feel Jesus. Was, did, did you get this feeling that those who died, you would see them again someday and that they were in the heart of Jesus, something like that? Or what was, mm-hmm. how would you put it? Well, you know, uh, I always question myself. I, 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 I don't know. I, um, I talk to God all the time, you, you know, out loud at home. I live by myself now. And uh, so I'm always... You know, to me, the Holy Spirit is my best friend, okay? Ever since I can remember, I always called him my best friend, okay? And, uh, but uh, the thing also is that uh, I figure something that always comes out of whatever bad, you know, that happens in our life. And I figured, you know, my purpose was served this way, that after what I have gone through, I have been able to help other people. You know, I meet a lot of people. I visit the hospital to visit the sick, you know, and we see a lot of people and everything, and I help, he helps that I have been in their situations that they talk to me about their losses and things and how well they don't want to live anymore, they don't care if they're sick or whatever conditions they're in, but they just, so what, you know, they lost the father, they lost the brother, a son, a daughter, and, and I said, no, 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 there's life after all this, you know, and you help them along. You know, and it helps that I am a retired nurse to to be able to touch them in any way that I can. But it took all this that I went through, and I figured, well, this must be why all this happened to me, that I may be able to help others, you know. So uh, that's my that's the way I, I resolve that in my mind, in the acceptance that I had to go through, you know. So, um, you know, there is yeah, so because, because you experienced such grief and despair mm-hmm. when those three of your, 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 um, your brother, your son, and your husband died in such a short time, mm-hmm. then you can, you, when you're talking to these people who have left the church, perhaps, mm-hmm. some of them, yes. when you go around, Gloria brings Holy Eucharist to hospitals. Yes, during the week. And I mean, you talk to people. You talk to many people who are not Catholics, right, or yes. who have left the church. Oh yes, uh huh, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so, besides the fact that they're in the hospital and they're afraid of death, does talking to you make them less afraid of their own death? Do you think? Well, like for example, today I, I met this lady that is ready to. This is the way she put it. She said, I'm just ready to give it up. I'm not going to suffer anymore. I said, I just don't, I'm, I'm just, I'd just rather die. And I said, no, no, uh-uh. 
Now I said that there's something, something, there's always good that comes out of it, and you need to offer it up. I said, because at the end, God will let you know why you have suffered, you know. And uh, so, so I gave her communion. She was a practicing Catholic, but she was having these doubts about things that had happened to her. And, you know, she, she mentioned to me, you know, I thought God loved me. She said, but I guess he doesn't. And I said, yes, he does. You know, he just wants you to share a little bit of the suffering that he went through to make you part of him, of his life that he went through. So, you know, many a time I have found that, you know, in in, in the Holy Spirit that, this, that I call my best friend, gives me the words to be able to, to bestow to them these thoughts to put in their minds so that they themselves can see, you know, a better tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, uh, because it's not my words, you know. Like sometimes I leave the, the hospital rooms and say, where did those words come from, you know? But uh, I guess in the having the experiences that I have gone through and lived through, you know, and seeing where I am now and what good came from that, you know, then I know that it can happen for them. So I try to let them know that it will be good. You know, you just have to go through this right now. Okay, now when all this happens, were you already a charismatic Catholic? That is, a charismatic Catholic is one who has experienced the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, which include healing and speaking in tongues and prophecy and these kind of uh, things. Well, let me tell you, uh, there's a certain, I would say, uh, I, I wasn't an expressive kind of person because everything that I would experience, I would keep to myself. But ever since I can remember, I write poetry, and I put my thoughts in what I call visions, because sometimes I feel like I'm not asleep, and I'm living through something, and I write it down. And it's something that is bestowed on me, that's given to me, and I have to write it down. But it's been happening for a long time, but I never told anybody. I didn't know it was something that I had to share until I went to a seminar. The conference that Tony, no, no, those are gifts from the, it's one of the gifts the good Lord gives us and you need to share or it could be removed, taken from you. So this is when, because now, ever since I've had this experience in my life, since like all that, I used to write about my family, about things that happened, you know, whatever was around me, but now it seems like all I need, I write is spiritual things and, you know, things that, any courage about my faith and think that I wouldn't want people to, 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 to know that maybe they're not seeing, you know, that the good Lord wants us to know about. And, and that thing, that has changed what I write about, you know. So now I, I, it took, I was told it's a form of evangelizing, okay. And I have become more charismatic in the manner that I can bring it out to people. I can, you know, I can come out of myself and be what the good Lord wants me to be instead of keeping it inside, you know. Hmm. Uh, you know, it happens that uh, uh, Gloria has shared with me some of her poetry, and she wrote this beautiful poem. These poems she makes, she does all this ministry in the parish, 
So the poems are in the parish rack, copies of these poems. He just wrote a poem for a priest who is very close to retirement. Could you possibly read that slowly into the, to the radio? <laughs> well, yes, yeah, well, we talked because I am heading to go to where that poem is. Okay, hold on. It was just me a second. Um, I have a graph um, when I look at here and see if I can find it here. Oh, goodness. Oh, you do, real quick. Good letter with me. Okay. Uh-huh. You have to read it slowly and loudly or they won't get it. Okay. I label or I put a title on everything that I write. Okay. This one I call Our Shepherd, the Gentle Giant, which he is. Here with us is someone I hold dear who gives of himself day after day. To see him, I see the tiredness of the world, that if he's had a hard day, he won't say, this servant of God, someday he'll leave us, for the time will come for him to retire. Believe me, for us will be quite a loss, but the best for him will be our desire. This gentle giant is kind, thoughtful, and holy. It will be hard for another to feel his shoes. He leads us spiritually and is here for us solely. In many ways, he's paid his cowardly dues. We love you, our brother, father, and pastor. Through all, you've given us your very best. So, dear Father Roger, we thank our Lord and Master, for he, with you, sent us the very best. And that's um, it. That's very beautiful. See now, people, it's wonderful. Just because, I don't think, you know, just because some priests are got into trouble and fell into sin out of one weakness or another, which is terrible, there are all these priests who are loyal, steadfast priests. Yeah. And we need to, instead of leaving the church because of a bad priest, we need mm-hmm. to spend much more time praying for and encouraging the wonderful priests who are there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, after the, after all this, you got married again, correct? Yes. I uh, I met uh, my husband. Well, no, not after my husband passed away. I had been married before, but my first husband passed away. Okay. And I had seven children. Okay, but I remarried after some years, and I married Ben O'Connell. And uh, he, I was married to him for 26 years before he passed away. But he was, the very reluctant me, did not want to marry any, anyone or have anybody take my attention away from my children because my job was to raise my children, to finish raising my children. But uh, lo and behold, uh, just by pure accident, or I call it an accident, he always said, no, it was not an accident, it was God that did it. Uh, we, we we got to meet each other, and it was just a very weird situation. And uh, 
So he said, no, you're going to marry me after two and a half weeks that we met. And I said, no, my job is to raise my children. I, have, I don't need any distractions. And he said, but I will help you raise your children. And I said, well, only if they, you um, agree that they will always be my priority. And he says, yes, they will be our priority. So, oh, that's so that's so one that's so wonderful, Gloria. So, how many were at home then when he said this? How many did he have to help you raise? All seven. All seven were still at home. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh my. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. The, oldest one, the oldest one was 16 years old. <laughs> uh-huh. But they were uh-huh. good children. They were very disciplined because I'm a disciplinarian. I'm not a hard disciplinarian, but and I never spanked my children, but I set them down. When something didn't go right, I would put them down, and we would talk. I would let, leave them sitting down, and I would say, okay, think about what I said, and I'll be back. And then I would come back in a few minutes and I said, okay, what did we talk about? And if they didn't remember, then we'd have to go through it again. And they hated that. So they had to remember the next time after I walked away. <laughs> and they would say, Mother, you don't know how many times we wished you had just spent us and let us go play. <laughs> but, you know, and that's how I raised my grandchildren because I took care of my grandchildren too as they were growing up. So, uh, you know, and we talk, and uh, my kids, you know, it's so odd because the way they told me that they actually just thank them and let them go play, well, just how they raise their children, <laughs> the very same way. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so they're very good so, so you would say, because we don't have that much time left on the program, but so... So you would say that the whole time that you went through these deaths, raised seven children, married again, went through the deaths then of your second husband also, yes. that all this time you could feel Jesus helping you through the sacraments of the church. How do you, you, go to, you go to Mass every day, right? I never feel alone, never. You're never alone because Jesus is with you in the Blessed Sacrament, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And I have other things that I have experienced, but we don't have time for it. But well, we have a little time. Tell us no. one more. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. One thing. Um, he listens, you know, and the Blessed Mother even listens. He's my friend, too. And let's say one thing is this. Um, I went to a sinning mass once here about five years ago. And uh, here in locally at Our Lady of Hope's Christie. And uh, we were there and the father was talking about how some of us may see the whole, you know, when you have consecration, they we, you know, we walk and see if you see anything. And of course everybody looked at each other like, what is he talking about? And me... You know, and if he mentioned just before he walked away from to go to back to the altar, he said, "Yes, the Holy Spirit may come, may may come to you, or something like that." It wasn't clear to me. He just, I go and I grab my medal. I wear a Holy Spirit medal, and I just grabbed it. And he goes to the altar, and he has, at the consecration, he puts his hands over the chalice, and as he's raising his hands, 
I had two wings flying out of the tower. And I just raced up, and I, I don't know, I just was a big gasp. And I'm standing up, and people are looking at me. And I couldn't believe I kind of like froze. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is an all white. I can tell you, I cannot show you exactly the colors of the underwing, but they're not of this world. That's what I got to see. Okay. Oh, they're not anywhere to that I can show you that color, you know. And it's just, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's just a feeling like, you know, it's just, I mean, I don't know, I cannot explain it. It's not something that can be explained. Another thing is this, when I was in going towards Spain, went to Europe a few times, and pilgrimages, I was going to Europe, we were in the, in, to Spain, and we were um, going to Madrid and on the bus, and, and I'm looking out the window with my phone trying to take a picture of something, and all I see is a bull on the road, you know, sign a big black bull. And I look up into the sky and I say, good Lord, is that all you're going to give me to take a picture of? And lo and behold, not even two seconds later, there appears like a funnel coming down from a cloud, and I have a picture of it. And in the form of the Blessed Mother coming down. Oh, oh my goodness. And, and I see something, and I look at it, and the priest was sitting on the aisle, uh, uh, across the aisle from me, and I said, look, Father, look, look. And he says, what? He can't see anything. And so then I look back, and I take a picture, and then I look back, and I say, Father, go, look, look, and can see. By this time, it's getting closer, and it's bigger. And I took another picture. So I have two pictures. And he could never see anything. I don't understand how I could take a picture of it, and he could not see it. Yeah, no? Yeah, but he, then you showed him the picture, right? Yes, yes. And he almost yeah. fell to the floor. Yeah. He says, I could not see that. I said, well, there it is. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, so it's, it's quite, it's quite, and, and about a week and a half ago, somebody told me, do you have YouTube on this one? I said, yeah, why? I never look at it. He says, look at it now. Look, there's something there for you to see, and you'll know what I'm talking about. And so I go into my phone and I find it and whatever. Somebody else had put a picture of the Blessed Mother coming down from a cloud, just like mine. Yeah. Somebody else had seen it, but not in the same place, not in the same area, somewhere else. And I go, okay, you know, there it is, you know. So, oh, that's, wonder, that's, that's beautiful and wonderful. So thank you so much for telling us all this. And what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit to tell the listeners is do not get discouraged. Do not despair. Even if you experience terrible crucifying things, you could experience many, many signs of Jesus and the resurrection to give you hope. So yes. don't close your heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And yes. never, never give up. Is, never give never, up. Never give never, up. Never, because no matter what it happens in our life, he is there. So Come thank on. you, Father God, our Lord yes. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, for the witness we have heard to the wonderful yes. benefits of being a Catholic. We oh, welcome yes. all who have left us to come home and all who are wavering to listen to our weekly program where our guests tell you why I am still a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And yes. we'll be back next week with another interesting guest. 
on uh, why I'm still a Catholic with Dr. Rhonda Truman. And in the meantime, may God bless each and every one of you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Gloria, that was beautiful. And as a result of how beautifully you told your story, you have to write one of those booklets now. That's the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a great story. Okay, and thank you, Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.